our regular giving has been down. Some of those collections and things have not been there. So we've been a little bit concerned. Thankfully, our board, um, we do have some reserves that we've been able to keep those payments stable. So everybody who's in one of our regular stability grants has continued to get their regular funding. But in addition, we went out um, pretty much day one. I mean, it was, it was March 17th, I think, when we started pounding the pavement. Uh, figuring out how to pull all the resources together um, for the community, get our website up with, hey, if you need something, here's everything. Um, and part of that was raising some money. So we thought, we set this goal as a board, let's try to raise $30,000. Um, and we ended up raising 117000 so far. Wow. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU, through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORU podcast. Welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORU podcast. It is a Wednesday um, when we always drop our episodes, and I'm your host, Michael Holtz, with my co-host, Jenna Harpenau. Jenna, how is it going? It's going. <laughs> how are you doing? You know what? It's going. Um, yeah. I think, I, I, think I've, I think I'm at the stage of the pandemic and quarantine where it's like, hmm, it's going. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm a little lost. <laughs> yeah, right. Every day kind of feels like Groundhog Day. I'm scrambling it really, a bit. It really, really does. Yep. That's a great metaphor for all of this. So, but we have a great episode today, great show today. Um, yeah. We are talking about the United Way of Anderson County and the agencies that United Way serves, and we have three agencies teed up, um, representatives from those agencies, that is, to share um, who they are, what their agencies are, and what those agencies do. So we're going to jump in and get started and ask these fine folks to tell us about themselves. So Naomi Asher, we will start with you. Naomi, you are the Executive Director of United Way of Anderson County. Talk about United Way. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so United Way uh, has been in this community for an awfully long time um, and uh, very early on started out as kind of community trust. So we've got this legacy of raising money and putting it into the greatest needs in the community. So um, that's something that's still very, very true today. Um, what we pride ourselves on is um, over the last few years, we've taken a lot of effort to make sure that we really have drilled down into getting the statistics about what the actual needs and the emerging needs are here in the community. And that's where we put our dollars. So um, it's a little bit different than it has been. Um, we don't have that assumed giving or um, legacy agencies. We really look at who's having the greatest impact, um, who's really addressing the real needs in the community. We're very serious about that. We do a highly competitive zero-based funding cycle. Um, so when dollars are given to United Way, it's taken extremely seriously um, that we can have the strongest impact in the community, um, in the areas that, um, that are really affecting um, those in this community. So um, I'm very excited to be a part of this organization. Um, 
as, as well as this funding, we do a lot of technical assistance and training, support, volunteer support, um, and different things like that as well. So anything that we see that our agencies might need, we try really hard to jump in and address those needs and see what else we can do. Great. I think that's important to know because I don't think that a lot of our employees know um, that you guys have those statistics and you take mm -hmm. that seriously who is in the most need and, you know, make sure that those dollars get there. So I think that's really, yeah. really important and something that that's new that employees maybe have forgotten or didn't know about mm -hmm. before. Yeah. And I, I do, I think that's a critical um, piece for folks to understand. It's not, mm -hmm. you're not just writing checks to anyone who wants one. They're, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're agencies that have specific needs based on the research that y'all have done. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. Um, Michael, if you will talk about your agency, that would be great. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I echo Naomi's gratitude for having us. My name is Michael Yates. I'm Director of Development at Ridgeview Behavioral Health Services. Uh, around here in the agency, uh, people sometimes call me the, uh, the agency evangelist because I just like to tell the good news about mental health and substance use disorder treatment and what we provide to the public uh, mental health system here in uh, in Anderson County. Ridgeview is a 501c3 not-for-profit agency. We have a broad range of services. Uh, our mission is essentially to help meet the complex mental health and substance use uh, disorder needs with hope, healing, and recovery. Uh, we serve a five-county area, Anderson, Campbell, Morgan, Scott, and Roan County. So this rural Appalachian corridor of East Tennessee. Uh, the broad range of services range everything from inpatient hospitalization for adults uh, to community-based services, uh, not only in the home, but also in the schools here in Oak Ridge and also in uh, Anderson County and several of the other surrounding counties. Um, I look forward to talking about the ways in which uh, Ridgeview benefits from United Way uh, when we get to that. Uh, but that's a quick overview of, of Ridgeview and who I am and what we do. And really awesome. glad Th to be here. Thank you, Michael. Um, I know from our own work, ORU's work in the substance abuse space, how necessary and needed the services that Ridgeview provides are. So um, thank you all for what you do. Yeah. Annie, I'm not going to try to say your last name because I know I'm going <laughs> to screw it up. So I'll just no, let you, you say it. <laughs> you wouldn't dare mess it up. It's easy. It's Cachero. So my okay. name is Annie Cachero, and I'm the director for ADFAC, which um, originally stood for AIDS Distressed Families of Anderson County. And then at some point it changed to Aid to Distressed Families of Appalachian Counties because we actually serve several counties. So ADFAC's whole mission is um, simply to provide services in our um, near community um, for those who are in lower income situations to help them find their path to self-sufficiency. So all of our programs are designed in some way or fashion to address that issue. How do we get them there? How do we provide the steps to get them there? Um, so we have a program that does rent and utility assistance. So I, it's kind of the boots on the ground. That is the, you know, emergent need. Somebody in the, is in a situation where they're either going to be evicted or they're going to have their utilities shut off. 
Um, and so we have a counselor sit down with them and talk about how they got here, what steps got them here. Maybe they were missteps that got them here. That's okay. Let's talk about how to not do that again um, or how do we budget to not be in that situation again. So ADVAC can do emergency assistance like that for rent and utilities, but it comes with that counseling piece, which is what really makes it extremely unique and what we really love about it. Um, that it's a hand up, not a hand out. I always get that backwards. <laughs> Don't want to say it backwards. Uh, so it's very important that that's how that works. Um, we also have a program that does um, housing assistance in the sense that we can do home repairs and that can be anything from you know a roof or insulation upgrade or a new heat and air unit um, with who just needs to make their home more stable or safe um, and then we also can build new homes so we build new homes and that's probably um, our clients who are the most sufficient already but they just aren't quite ready to take that step without a little bit more assistance and so we, we can provide new home builds and then um, one of our most known programs in the community is our school supply program. And that provides over 4,000 K through 12 kids um, in three counties with school supplies to be ready to go back to school. So self-sufficiency starts with that first backpack and goes all the way through all of our programs. Awesome. Thank you Fantastic. so much. Fantastic. Yeah, Thank there's a lot going on. Um, and finally, Brett, if you will talk about um, big brothers and big sisters of East Tennessee. Absolutely. Uh, you may hear some background noise, the beauty of working at home. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> no worries. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to move around to avoid it. But uh, my name is Brent Wan. I'm the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of East Tennessee. Um, we're an affiliate of the nation's oldest and largest youth mentoring organization. Annie, it sounds like everything you said, we need to get together really soon after the podcast, um, which we'll talk about later about how United Way connects us. Uh, so we we are, our main mission is to make and support one-to-one uh, -one mentoring relationships. We have two main programs, our site-based mentoring program, uh, and one is our community-based mentoring program. Our site-based program is going to look a little bit different this fall, and we've already been checking in with Naomi about some of those changes. Um, so we're, you know, we have a resilient and innovative team, so we're focused on that. Um, we're very outcomes oriented, which uh, we work really closely with United Way to, to report on our outcomes, uh, but we focus on things like self-confidence, improved relationships, uh, decreased use of drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. And honestly, right now, um, one of the biggest things that we've been doing and one of the biggest things that we've been focused on as an organization is connecting youth and families with essential services. So we have something called match support that we do every month where we check in with a mentor and a mentee. And what that's really become is um, match support and uh, making sure that families have food, that they have, um, that they can pay their rent, that um, they have the behavioral health services that they, that they need. So um, we've, we've really um, adjusted in a way that I think we really needed to. And um, one thing I like to tell people, which I know we'll talk about more in a minute is, we have these match support calls that are lasting two or three times as long as they usually do because people are feeling so disconnected right now. So uh, thanks for having me today and I'll try to do my best with the background noise and I appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here, Brent. Um, so there's no question where, you know, we are where we are in the middle of a pandemic and I know from my own volunteer work with other agencies that, Fundraising is impacted, missions are impacted, all of those things. Um, so Annie, I'll start with you this time. How has um, pandemic life 
impacted ADFAC? Um, I guess my response is a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think like everybody else, we've all had to make some adjustments and we've all had to live through some flexibility that we've never had to do before. Um, even from a, from all the way from the board situation and our activities with our board of directors, all the way down to our clients and the flexibility they're having to endure. Um, it has been a few months of flexibility. Um, but I will say uh, on the beginning, we, we took a break. We took about a two week break in March and did not see any clients, did not do any assistance sent our staff home and realized that we just could not continue in that manner because our clients were needing our help. Um, so we found ourselves in that essential list and um, went back to work. At least some of our staff did. And we've been seeing clients ever since, um, mostly over the phone and just a few in person over time. But we've kind of backed off on that now. And I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge for us is that our social workers and our staff are human people. They like to be in human contact with our clients talking across the table with them and having that interaction. And I think that's been difficult for us to make that, um, that transition to being much more over the phone or a Zoom call. It's been difficult, but um, we are working through it. And I think we're still um, meet, trying to our best to meet the demand. But I will say that demand is going up as the evictions become a bigger problem. And as the utility bills become a bigger problem, we are definitely seeing that demand um, increase having 70 and 80 phone calls over a weekend and that's just really hard for our staff and volunteers to respond to wow. um, but we're doing our best we're doing our best and just trying to keep up um, we have had some really great grants that have come in that were unexpected um, because of the COVID and people have responded and said we know you're kind of essential so we're gonna give you a little extra money to get through and that's been phenomenal um, without it we would have never been able to have responded the way we have so um, yeah, really grateful for that. And United Way is part of that. Um, there's been some other sources as well. And um, that's what's really made it, given us the opportunity to maintain the best we can. Mm -hmm. So I think flexibility, trying to respond to people um, in a way that um, is still meaningful and still in a way that we can show care and compassion, which is extremely important, um, and keep our professionalism at the same time. So it's been, I, I think so far so good is how it's, it's another way I would respond. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, Brent, I'm going to come to you next with that question. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I would, the listeners can't see this, but I would vigorously nod at what Annie said. Um, it, I think it's probably pretty across the board. Um, you know, for me personally, it's made me realize how urgent our mission is and how um, for, for big brothers, big sisters, how important a mentor is in a child's life all the time, but especially during a pandemic situation and then how important our team is to the families we serve. And so one thing I did want to share with you guys, so thanks to the support of United Way of Anderson County, actually, we've been able to survey the families that we serve, and we've been able to look at what their great needs are. And so I wanted to kind of talk through a couple of those things. So first of all, um, about 60% as of July of our families have been affected, which, um, you know, is a, is a pretty high number. And that means affected in terms of job loss, hours cut, food needs, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, we, about 80% of our families said that a mentor was, their child's mentor was a source of support during the pandemic, which was really insightful for us. And then another way that, um, another thing that we found out that's not altogether surprising and really goes along with what Annie was saying is that our families are in need. So our families, the, the things that they've requested the most are utilities, resources, 
um, financial assistance, um, rent assistance, access to food pantries. The thing that's emerged for us that's been very surprising as a result um, of the pandemic is uh, the fact that a lot of our families are requesting educational tools and are very concerned with school being out. Um, so we've been trying to focus on partnerships related to that. That was actually in our survey, the most cited concern of our families uh, during the pandemic, which I think that says a lot about our families and how they, how much they care about the kids. Um, and, and, and that gives us sort of a, a place to go and a place to start. Um, and then the other thing I'd say is, um, is it's really caused us to rethink how we implement mentoring virtually, digitally, and also how we implement mentoring that was traditionally in schools that are very up in the air in terms of how that learning is going to happen. So um, I can't say it's always been a fun exercise, but it has certainly been, um, you know, a a lot of chance to innovate, as I'm sure you've heard nonprofits say. And honestly, we couldn't do what we're doing without, as Annie said, foundation support and and United Way support. In Anderson County, um, we could not have done what we're doing without the United Way. So um, I can, I can easily say that unequivocally say that. So um, yeah, that's, that's, I could go on for another hour about how uh, COVID uh, affected us, but I, I think that's probably the main ways. Can you give us an example of how you guys have had to pivot kind of with that mentor student experience? I know I have a lot of friends that are mentors and, you know, they crave that one-to-one connection, that in-person connection. Yes. And when that's not available, how are you guys dealing with that? How are you still checking in and, you know, making sure you provide that support? Absolutely. So, the, the thing that hasn't changed is our match support, which is great, but that doesn't go to your question, which is what do we do with the mentoring relationship? So our team is still very much and even more so in touch with our families. It has been, a, it's been, it's been tough with mentors and mentees site-based. We're still figuring out what we're going to do in the fall. We serve a variety of school systems and they're all a little different, um, but we are really pivoting to as much virtual as we can. The national office um, sort of, I won't say rushed out in a bad way, but rushed out an app that that mentors and mentees can communicate with. As I'm sure you guys have been involved, we have a lot of Zoom opportunities. So one thing that we've done that's new in terms of activities is we have, um, we generally each month offer activities. And so we have a craft club and now we've gone online with that craft club. So we partnered with different community organizations. We have some STEM kits that people are able to do together. So we've been trying to do as much as we can with, virtual opportunities and with trying to provide um, that. And then the other thing we've done is encourage, and this is for our community-based mentors and mentees, we've tried to encourage them to um, do hangouts at their homes, but outside a little bit separate. The thing that's a little heartbreaking to me is the fact that we won't really be able to do some of our big match events in the fall that we usually do. So we have a big holiday party. Um, We have a big school supply drive. Um, That's going to have to be like a drive up this year. So um, you know, we're doing the best we can, but site-based has been the hardest adjustment. We're, we're, you know, it's August and we're still figuring that out. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, and then Michael, I, I can only imagine, um, for Ridgeview, um, <clears throat> what is, what the needs are. I mean, they have to be exponentially increasing the longer this continues. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, I, this is a, a, a really important question. I'm really glad you asked it. I too would have to echo, you know, the words of Annie and Brent that uh, words like agility, flexibility, innovation, uh, adaptability, 
these are all things that have kind of been integrated into our respective missions as a result of, of the coronavirus. Uh, Ridgeview, you know, we never closed. Uh, obviously, the needs of the people we serve, uh, we are a healthcare uh, provider, so our doors always remained open. Um, we did uh, our same-day access clinic. We have a walk-in clinic that remained open to see people each and every day. Uh, we did uh, utilize telephonic and telehealth services much more, uh, as some of uh, Annie's folks have referenced. That's been a real neat asset that allowed us to remain connected to people and meeting their needs uh, without having the benefit of meeting them in person. And I think one of the other you know, things uh, with respect to our mission that we really, uh, if there was you know, a good thing that came out of this, it's really compelled us to center back in and keep our mission at the forefront of what it is we do, uh, you know these these hard struggle uh, periods of, of of struggle and hardship can really scatter people, but it's also an opportunity to recenter folks. Uh, I, I love this word stewardship, which means uh, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And if our mission is hope, healing, and recovery, uh, the stewardship of that mission was a, uh, a great opportunity for us to reacquaint ourselves with that throughout the organization, not just vertically, but geographically, horizontally. Uh, so that, that's been real important. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the other, the other, pieces uh the the as you mentioned michael the the struggle people more and more people are really wrestling with where do i go from here what what's happening uh what what can i anticipate what is predictable the stress and anxiety related to these times uh without an a uh, really known end date uh, people losing jobs, people being disconnected, not just the physical distancing, but the social distancing. It's really elevated and challenged everyone's ability to optimize good mental health. Um, so yeah, now more than ever uh, are, is, a, is a time when agencies like Ridgeview uh, need to be accessible to people. And we're glad that we're able to, to do that. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Um, this is, I guess it's a question for all three of you, but I wanted to start with Annie, um, particularly because your mission focuses on Appalachian counties. Um, you know, we can, we can talk and joke about Zoom and, you know, all of that, but are there technology issues that you all have to deal with in terms of being able to make those connections? Um, you know, whether it's by telephone or mobile or, you know, FaceTime, Zoom, all of that, that you have to sort of wade through as well? Yeah, it's been a fun learning curve um, for all of us, I think. And 
We haven't tried to do it too much with our clients yet. Um, I think our staff has done most of it over the phone, primarily okay. because when they've asked some of our clients, they've all kind of said, I don't know if I'll have internet access. I don't know if I, you know, there's challenges there for sure. We have talked about trying to, um, you know, we're, we're a local nonprofit without a big brother or a big sister. We're not part of a larger organization. So we've had to really kind of be our own innovators in some ways, but it just means we don't have some of the protocols in place or some of the software in place. Like I hear of, you know, medical organizations doing um, telemed and they, we don't have that, right? So um, we've, we've worked through phone calls at this point. We've worked using, um, you know, protective gear um, with acrylic shields and everything like that that we can, um, but mostly just over the phone. But I've been trying to encourage our staff to start asking our clients when they call and ask for assistance, would you be open to a Zoom call? Because I think that would really help some of that interaction that we're kind of missing right now. Um, right. So hopefully we can. So yeah, I think that the biggest thing for um, <coughs> our challenges from that standpoint is simply, um, just like the schools, I hear the schools talking about that too, like how it, not every family has great internet access. Not every family has a laptop. Not every family has the things that they may need to be able to do that kind of communication. But yeah, we're making, we're making st steps in the right direction. I think that whole flexibility and innovativeness, I think that's just, it's been kind of unique for me to watch because I've been in the nonprofit for a long time. And I think the nonprofits are really kind of stepping up. I think we have really stepped up in the last six weeks um, as to how to, we're, we're good at flexibility. And I think we've done a really good job with that. And um, yeah, I think having that interaction with other United Way organizations has really been helpful. And Andy, one thing to, I agree with you completely. I think a lot of nonprofits have stepped up and um, it's, it's also been neat to see places like United Way and foundations who, you know, have said, what do you need and how can we help you right now? Which um, Naomi and United Way always does that, but there's been so many people who have come to us that it's just been, it's been through such a difficult time. It's nice to see communities come together and people just come together to say, how can we help? How can we cut through some of the red tape that sometimes there exists in the nonprofit world? And, and that has been heartening for me during days when sometimes it's been a little tougher. So I agree with you completely. Um, it's been neat to see not only individual organizations innovate and change and but also funders and also to see funders come to us. And, and, and I know I keep talking about United Way, but like seeing them come to us and say, what are your needs? How can we help you serve the people that you're serving right now? Which has been, it's, it's, it's gotten me through some days for sure. Well, that's important to, to talk about too, is the fact that United Way pushes money out. They don't just wait for people to come to you and ask for money. I mean, you're seeking out those who really need it and, you know, who really can do good in the community and use it. Naomi, kind of talk about how you identify those organizations and, and how you, you know, choose who's going to get money. Yes. Yeah, so with our COVID response, um, so United Way has kind of been in a, in a unique situation, I guess. So our regular giving has been down. Some of those collections and things have not been there. So we've been a little bit concerned. Thankfully, our board um, we do have some reserves that we've been able to keep those payments stable. So everybody who's in one of our regular stability grants has continued to get their regular funding. But in addition, we went out um, pretty much day one. I mean, it was it was March 17th, I think, when we started pounding the pavement 
uh, figuring out how to pull all the resources together um, for the community, get our website up with, hey, if you need something, here's everything. Um, and part of that was raising some money. So we thought, we set this goal as a board, let's try to raise $30,000. Um, and we ended up raising 117000 so far um, that we've put into three rounds of grants. Um, so those are discretionary grants. And what that means is anybody is eligible. So anybody who is doing response work for COVID is eligible for these grants. So we've had organizations that have never come to us for regular funding before that have said, hey, we're doing this thing. We're perfectly um, positioned to be able to meet this need in the community for this period of time. We just need $5,000, $10,000, whatever that is. And so all of those grants, we put those grant cycles out quickly. It is not um, an intense application, which everybody here can attest to how significant the regular grant application is. <laughs> it is not easy. You have to go through a lot to get that funding. But there are big dollars that we want to make sure are, are um, really going into the best places. These discretionary grants were quick. Like we will absolutely, you've got to turn in your receipts. We've got to know where the money's going. But it was a quick application, quick turnaround. Um, and then what we did is uh, we have what we call our community impact panel. It's the panel chairs that make the allocation decisions, the funding decisions in the regular cycle. Those um, chair members and then all of our financial reviewers got together on Zoom. They went through all the applications. They had their metrics for how they were going to fund. They, you know, put up an order of prioritization, and then they funded them quickly. Um, and the really cool part is, um, you know, for Annie, for example, rather than saying, hey, we know it's not a big application, but since you've already got one in, if you don't want to have to do that again, just let us know you need more money for the same thing. That's fantastic. Um, and then we were able to roll that out quickly. So we've been trying really hard to make sure we're not creating extra work for our agency partners. Mm -hmm. And that it's not just the regular, you know, if, you, if you're, if you can't do your job right now and you're at home and your office is closed, we don't want to come to you and say, hey, do you need money for nothing? Like, we, so we need to know who's out there, who's doing the work right now, and how do we get dollars to those people? So we've absolutely pushed dollars to organizations that we have never partnered with before just because they're able to do something right now. That's great. Um, I love that it's um, with basically with speed, you know, that there's there's energy to get help where it's needed the most right now as we're sort of in the middle of this. Who knows how long this is going to last? No end date um, experience that we're all having together. Um, <clears throat> I guess for everyone. Um, in terms of specifics about how United Way has helped, um, if you want to share, um, you know, a story, an instance, that would be awesome. Just to, to a little insight of what United Way does specifically for your organization would be great. Sing our praises. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't mind uh, jumping in. Uh, I won't sing the many splendid ways in which uh, – <laughs> United Way benefits rich you, but I will tell you, uh, you know, I think first and foremost, you know, this, this whole idea of a community partner, you know, when I think of United Way, 
And Brent touched on it with respect to the, the connectedness with other agencies in the community. Uh, but Maya Angelou has this great poem about alone, all alone, nobody but nobody can make it out here alone. That is United Way. I mean, they do bring people together. And you talk about stewardship of civic unity. That is what United Way is. They, they are huge advocates of that. And they do bring us together. And they've hosted these uh, director, uh, development director calls uh, during uh, the pandemic, which has allowed several of us to, to remain connected, uh, which has been really cool. Ridgeview, we've got a under, we've got this gap of folks that are not receiving the type of med management psychiatric care that they need. They don't qualify for 10 care. They don't have insurance. They're underinsured. There's this enormous gap of people who need to see a psychiatrist and get on med management uh, to help promote their overall health and well-being. That's made possible specifically because of United Way. So that, that has been an enormous uh, asset to us in helping fulfill our mission, which is to serve anybody regardless of their ability to pay. It is a gap, uh, short term. We then try to link them with other, uh, other means by which to, whether it's through Behavioral Health Safety Net or other funding sources, to make sure that they can maintain medication adherence. But without that, a lot of these folks would, uh, they, they wouldn't be seen. Uh, so that, that's huge. Uh, Naomi referenced the discretionary grants earlier. We were uh, delighted, uh, gosh, uh, this was pre-COVID, uh, but we have therapists that are in the schools and they needed to be outfitted with therapy toolkits that would allow the therapist to do play therapy activities and other uh, evidence-based practices in the schools. And United Way funded these mobile therapy toolkits, which was a, a huge boon for our therapists and, and certainly for the kids that they provide care and treatment for. I think the last thing I would just say about United Way is the, the trainings. We haven't been able to do as much now, but you know, another neat thing that United Way does throughout the years provide neat opportunities and trainings for agencies that may want to look at doing something, whether it's strategic planning, maybe it's uh, uh hosting something related to promoting health and well-being in kids. Maybe it's leadership development, a whole host of different types of trainings, which can benefit a lot of different agencies. So all those have been, uh, let me count the ways. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Michael. Um, Brent, how about for Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Yeah, similar to earlier, a vigorous nod for what was said. And then um, the other things I would say is, you know, if, if I'm if I'm someone listening to this and I'm a donor, I would want to know that my funds were being used responsibly. And so United Way makes sure that we are we we say what our outcomes are going to be, and they make sure that we're sticking to those outcomes. And so not only are they getting the help to people who need it, they're making sure that funds that are being donated are used responsibly, which when I donate, that really matters to me and is really important. Um, I think from a 
sort of, we've already talked about this a lot, but the COVID response, you know, they're able to mobilize funding to organizations when there are great needs um, in the community. I think that's important. Um, and then the other thing I would say, I'm speaking specifically to Naomi here, so I don't mean to make her have a big head, but uh, our chief development officer and I will often go to her and say like, a need for us is always new mentors, even in COVID and especially in COVID. And so side plug, if you're listening to this and you're interested in mentoring, you know, give me a call, <laughs> uh, visit our website. But, uh, the, you know, Naomi is, she's come to Knoxville before we've come to Anderson County. We are always meeting to talk about like what we need to do to recruit mentors. She's gotten us in front of lots of different companies. Um, we have met so many different organizations that we partner with. We were going to partner in a school this fall that actually because of COVID, we won't be able to right now, but that was Naomi's influence. We've been working on a partnership with the police department because of United way, because of the help through United way. So the partnerships that we have through United way are just so valuable. And uh, yeah, another plug, if you're interested in being a mentor, we absolutely need mentors in Anderson County. And uh, especially with some of our partnerships having to be delayed, um, we've got kids uh, waiting for a mentor. So yeah, thanks, Naomi. Thanks, United Way. You guys really help us out in a huge way. <laughs> thanks, Brent. And Annie, how about for AdFac? Well, if you trace back AdFac's very first um, funding source, it was United Way of Anderson County. Even before um, the agency was officially, I think, launched, uh, I think United Way of Anderson County uh, invested in the concept, and that was in 1986 or 87. So um, our relationship is longstanding, and uh, the support that we receive from United Way of Anderson County is significant in our budget. It is a piece of uh, our pie that's extremely important. It allows us to um, keep our staff doing what they're doing. It allows them to um, do the counseling piece that we need to do with our, with our clients. Um, it is also used as a tremendous matching piece. So when we go for other grants, they want to know how much your local community is supporting you. And particularly within an agency like ours that is not a name that's known, um, to have that United Way seal of approval on our application is extremely important to us. It allows them to say, okay, the local community supports that organization. That means they're vested. Somebody has researched that organization. We trust that United Way has evaluated it. Somebody's looked at their books. Somebody's looked at their outcomes. Um, that's really important. So it really helps us to get those other grants. Um, so that's from a funding standpoint. Um, I would say also recently, uh, they have just stepped up and really taken this community. Uh, Naomi has led the, led the way, but United Way staff has worked really, really hard to help all of us kind of work through this. Um, I'm seeing a lot of nonprofits working together that in the past maybe we weren't so much doing. Um, it's really enlightening to see that. And I think it's because of their leadership. They've said, hey, we got to work through this. We got to, this agency needs to work with that agency. And, and we're really kind of, um, um, you know, just reaching out to each other a little bit more maybe than what we were. But I think they have led that. They have led us to do that. Um, so that, that's leadership in the community. And that's extremely important. Um, Finally, I would just say the enthusiasm that they bring towards all of the work that all of us are doing. Uh, Naomi and her staff are supportive. Her board is supportive. They go to our events. They attend our activities. They like us on social media. They do what they can to support us and bring that enthusiasm for our missions. That means a lot to the organizations. So, yeah, there are cheerleaders. There are supporters. Um, I, I come from a background where I was actually a fund distribution volunteer a very long time ago. And I know how important that process is. 
Um, now that I'm on the other side of the table, uh, it's, a, it's a hard process as a nonprofit to make sure you have all of your ducks in a row, but it's really important that we all do that and that we all are um, taking care of those dollars the best that we can and using them the best that we can. So they encourage us to do that. And I think that's um, really, really fantastic. And Annie, Annie mentioned something that you're, I didn't even, I, they're great cheerleaders for us, Annie. You're right. Like I, if, if Adam is listening to this, I didn't even give him a shout out. We had to do a virtual event in place of bowl for kids sake that we were going to do at the bowling alley. And, uh, and Adam just stepped up in a huge, huge way. I, I, I feel bad that I didn't give him a shout out too, but Andy, you're exactly correct. Totally agree. Awesome. Thank you. I all think we're really that. blessed in this community with, yeah. with nonprofits that care about each other. Um, but I do believe that comes from a, a big part of that comes from the United Way leadership. Well, and I love hearing about how organizations are coming together to help each other out. Sort of like, you know, I have this piece of kind of the same mission. So if we join forces, we can have a bigger impact. I love that. So, um, Naomi, it sounds like United Way is more important than ever um, for many, many reasons. Um, talk about how people can help, can get involved. Yeah. If their organization needs assistance, all of those things. Um, well, I'm in my feelings a little bit because you guys have got me all choked up. That was really sweet. Um, <laughs> We work really hard. I mean, honestly, I, I do have to say the staff, um, I forwarded our phones to Adam's personal cell phone. So he had to answer all of the office calls um, at home at all hours of the day um, when this first started. And Janessa was constantly um, keeping our website updated. So we, we're pretty tired as a staff, I wouldn't say right now. Um, but we all really, really love our job. And so I think that's obvious too, you know, um, that there's there's honestly nothing that we would rather be doing on weekends than than going to our partner agency events and helping and volunteering and being there and um, I mean we all we all three just absolutely love our jobs so um, really really quickly I do want to say we did this survey called the Alice survey and that is asset limited income constrained but employed um, individuals and so the this is kind of a new way to talk about the working poor and 26% of the residents in Anderson County fall into this category pre-COVID so before we even talked about the first job loss mm -hmm. we had 26% of our residents that were in this category of full-time working and not able to pay their bills. Okay. So it's really important that we think about Anderson County when we look at these COVID dollars and we look at these recovery dollars because even when you're back at work, that doesn't mean you've got the money to pay your rent for six months. Even if you have had a breather that your rent's not due, you're still gonna have to pay it back, right? So later down the road, you know, we know that this is going to be an issue for a long time. Um, we've seen our food pantries, we've refilled all of the food pantries in Anderson County. <clears throat> we've um, done a big food drive called Restock the Shelves 
And we have refilled every one of those pantries three times now because second harvest couldn't keep up with the need either. So we've gone out and, and found food because we've seen a 20% or more increase. We've got parts of our community like Bryceville that doesn't have internet. They don't have big food pantries and opportunities for resources. And so we've been pushing really hard to make sure that those resources are there and available. And so I think it's really important when we think about it that even if you don't live in Oak Ridge um, or live in Anderson County, that you remember that we do have a really big need in this community. And um, more and more each year we see people that um, maybe work here and don't live here and we really need that support so um not to not to make anybody you know feel feel bad about it but i did want to kind of push that out that we do have a huge need right now the alice survey we're about to get some updated information that will include um covid numbers um but if you did fall into that alice category that most likely now that 26 percent those are now poverty clients Right. And we're seeing other clients that were just above the line that are now falling into this working poor into this Alice category. So we're we're just kind of seeing this big shift. Um, so how can you get involved? You can, like Brent said, you can be a big brother, big sister. You can volunteer. Um, you know, this year is a little more complicated, but I know ADFAC has worked so hard to make sure that they can still involve the community and volunteer opportunities. Um, you can, if you hate running like I do, that's okay. You can still run the Ridgeview race. Um, Michael will hackle you and make you feel ter terrible about yourself, but you can do it anyway. It's fine. It's fine. I don't have a complex. It's okay. Um, so there's always things going on that our agencies need support with, whether that's fundraising or volunteer support. And then of course you can you can give to United Way. It is more important than ever that we can keep the stability of those regular grants there. If we can't provide, it's just like, you know, um, like we're talking about an individual being able to pay their bills. We've got to pay our bills, right? So we've got to be able to provide the regular support that keeps the lights on at these agencies. Mm -hmm. Having this extra money to do extra work right now is amazing, fantastic, we love it but we've still got to keep those lights on. So it is more important than ever that those employee payroll deduction gifts, that those stability gifts, that those corporate donations, that we continue to see those come in. Um, like I said earlier, there have been a lot of, of furloughs. And so we saw some of those um, collections go down and we're just really hoping that we can, that we can recover from that as United Way. Um, our overhead right now too, I have to throw this in here or my board will be mad. Um, our overhead is less than 10%. So when you make a donation to United Way, nobody is getting rich. <laughs> nobody is, you know, going out, getting a, you know, Mercedes to drive for work. We, it is a joke around our office that if you print something, I'm in your office in a minute and I'm like, hey, uh, did you need to print that? Because I don't want to buy more ink. I don't want to buy more paper. I don't know why you're printing that right now. I don't know why you're buying that, but somebody would donate you one that's 20 years old. I, we don't, we're not buying that. So we're constantly looking to make sure that we can make the best use of those dollars. Um, we take that so, so seriously. Personally, I know it's a sacrificial gift for my family, um, and I know that there are others that do the same thing. So if you are giving, um, you know, I, I heard it the other day, you shouldn't give at a level that you can't, but you should give enough that you feel it. 
So I feel it. And I don't, I want to know that those dollars are going where they need to go. And it's not to buy ink or paper. I'm telling you that it's not to buy, um, you know, K, K cups for the coffee machine. We don't spend anything like that. It's not happening. So, um, so it's just really important for us that, that people know how seriously we take this responsibility. It is an honor that we get to do what we do um, and absolutely love it. So if, if somebody wants to get involved, they can call me. They can call any of these agency partners. Um, of course, we want those checks too. So I can't, I can't not reinforce that. Um, we do need the money, but but we want more than that. We want people to be excited about what's going on in our community. We want people to know um, to volunteer as a fund distribution um, panelist and really see firsthand what is happening here in Anderson County. We're incredibly proud of our nonprofit community. Awesome. Naomi, how do people find you? What's your website? Our website is UWAYAC. Dot O-R-G. I did not come up with this, but also we fight with United Way of South Carolina, United Way of Anderson County, South Carolina. Um, we get tagged in each other's stuff all the time. So we are uwayac.org. Awesome. They got the good one. <laughs> We've got what's left, uwayac.org. <laughs> we'll make sure people understand that. Yes. Don't give to the wrong, to the wrong <laughs> Anderson right. County. That's right. Anderson County, Tennessee. <laughs> Thank you, Naomi. Thank you, everybody, for sharing about your agencies and the great work that you're doing and the need that exists. And I know Jenna and I will make a personal plea to our colleagues at ORAU. Um, when our employee giving campaign comes around, this is why we need to support it. It's important. It's coming around this fall. So we're going to start doing some teasers and, you know, getting people amped up for why this is important. But I think October is when it's going to officially hit. So everybody get ready. That's right. Yay. We're ready. Thank you, all. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for listening Appreciate to Further it. Together, the ORU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU, and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.